0: Everyone. Welcome back to Navigating the Work Compass. I'm Kate Luzio, founder and CEO of Luminary, along with my incredible co-host Susan Chapman Hughes. Hello, Susan. Hello, Kate. How are you today? Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. It's great to have you back. Uh, we are the Navigating the Work Compass. This is the first time you've listened or tuned in. We talk about everything around employees, leaders, women in the workforce. What's going on? When we started this all those many months ago in 2021, we were really focused on really how workers were navigating return to the office. Now that has completely changed. And we are talking about everything with regards to work. And so Susan, I know today, we wanted to talk a lot about courage in the workplace. I'm gonna hand it to you.
1: All right, so um, as you all know, um, it's been a really rough week. (laughs) in so many circles around the world certainly we're sending our best to all the folks in the ukraine um it's just heartbreaking watching what's happening there and i you know couldn't help but notice that the word courage has been thrown around quite a bit uh in the discussions around what's happening in that conflict and i happened to go on twitter this morning and um chef jose andres popped up mm-hmm. on my feed. I mean, this guy is everywhere, okay? And anytime there's a conflict, (laughs) anytime there's an issue, there's a humanitarian crisis, he is there. And he, um, you know, when I saw him two days ago, he was at the border serving food and working with their partners. And when I saw him today, he was actually inside the Ukraine near the capital, Preparing food for the families who are in the bomb shelters. Mm -hmm. And I just thought to myself, wow, this guy is courageous. And it sparked a thought for me around a discussion that people never really talk about, which is what does courage look like in the workplace? Uh, Because every single last one of us has been faced with or will be faced with some kind of challenge in our lives that will cause us to have to be courageous. And so I thought it would be great for us to just talk about what that has looked like for us uh, as both uh, employees and as senior leaders, and then just share some tips on how you can prepare yourself to be courageous. Because there is going to be that time where you're going to be sitting in the room and somebody's going to say something or they're going to do something. They're going to behave in a way that in your gut and in your head, you know, is just not right. And it's not okay. And the question is, is will you have the courage to take the hard decision to say something or do something? Or you will be in a situation as you are navigating and managing your teams where you will have to be courageous for them. You'll have to make some hard decisions and you'll have to do some things that may be really difficult. Um, That might be, you might have to lay off some people, you might have to restructure your team, you might have to move people into roles that, you know, they may not have really wanted to, but it's what you have to do for the organization. And the question is, is how you do that and how you muster up the, the courage to do that. So I thought it would be a really great conversation for us today. I know I've heard from many of you all who have called me over the years and said, hey, look, you know, I faced this situation. I'm not sure, should I say something? Should I stand up? How should I behave? And so that's the courage for today. So, Kate, I know you've had to be courageous in your your life in many ways in your career. I'd love for you to just maybe share a story uh, of when you've had to be courageous.
0: You know, I love this topic because, you know, It's kind of an odd analogy, but see something, say something, right? And whether that's happening to yourself, happening to others, and it doesn't have to always be in the context of your workplace. If you're starting a company, if you're in transition, whatever that, whatever situation that you're in, um, even personally, right. See something, say something for me in particular, as I, you know, sort of climbed the ranks within the banking world, um. I don't know if I was always known as a dissenter, but I certainly was known as someone who was raising my voice. Not always that people like that, right? But I had to make sure in particular that I was raising my voice for things that I saw that weren't right. Um, And I'm going to give you one example because we're sitting at, we just kicked off Women's History Month. And while all of these months are really important, I just want to make this one caveat. We are not doing this one month a year Susan you and I are doing this every day of of all year round um, right. and heritage months are important uh, and they for me yes is commemorative and celebratory but they are to me a call to action and so several years ago, I'm sitting in a room with the leadership committee, and I was talking about all the things that we were going to be doing for Women's History Month as I ran or was the the executive sponsor of our women's group at this organization. And one of the gentlemen, who was a great guy, turned around amongst everyone and said, oh, you guys get a whole month. You guys get to celebrate yourself a whole month. And I turned around and said, you get to celebrate yourself every single day this has been a white cis man's world for a really long time giving us the opportunity to celebrate and plan out activities for one month a year is really important i probably didn't say it that democratically but the point was i'm sitting around a leadership table full of senior leaders and that was the comment that was made wow. i could have just sat there and said you know let let it go kate but i was they're representing all of the women in my mind of that firm at that time. And so that's just one example of speaking up. I didn't do it to to combat him. I didn't try to make belittle him. What I did was try to educate him around the fact that we have to do these things and right. unless and until there's parity. And so that's just one small example, but I do think that women, women of color, people from underrepresented communities don't always feel like they have the voice and can use that courage to speak up.
1: That's right. I mean, you know, it's interesting as you're talking about that. And I was just thinking about what are the examples of where I've had to be courageous? You know, I recall a time where um, I had to let go of a person on my team. And in that process, the leader of our group had decided that Um, They wanted to restructure the organization. And in the restructure of the organization, it meant that another member of our team was going to be impacted Mm. in a way that was completely unfair to him. And basically, they were going to take his job away from him just because. Uh, And I remember vividly just being livid about it. Uh, It also would have sent a really interesting and terrible message because both of the people that were being like, oh, we're people of color. And I was like, so let me get this straight. The one person should absolutely um, be leaving the organization. But this other person has been performing just fine and is doing well in their job and you want to take their job away and give it to someone else just because you like this other person more. They had not proven that they are a better fit for the role. They had not put the points on the board, but because this person played politics and positioned themselves in a way, they were willing to just take this other person out. And I just put my foot down and I was like, listen, It's not gonna happen. If you wanna take this person out, you gotta take me out too. And um, they were like, I can't believe, like what? And I was like, this is just wrong. If I thought that you were doing it because it was based off of a principle, and if I thought that you were doing it because it was something that was the right thing to do for the organization, then I would have been all over it. But you weren't, you were only doing it because you liked a person more. And I can't tell you the number of times in corporate America where this whole, like, I like them um, thing ends up being the reason why somebody gets a job or not. But yet people turn around and use the meritocracy card to try to say, well, but, you know, let's just use it based off merit when 90% of the decisions that they're making are not based off merit. It used to always crack me up when uh, we would uh, take all this time to do succession planning and put names on a on a list. but yet when the a job opened <laughs> yeah. up, like you never would pick that the person who was supposed to be next, who was well prepared for the job after you'd done all that work because you liked them or you would t- I mean like all kinds of reasons. And I just think that there are so many examples in corporate where you have to be courageous around making sure that people understand that you have to stand on principle. And as hard as it can be sometimes, and as difficult as it is, you always have to do the right thing. And doing the right thing oftentimes requires courage. And again, I think we're seeing it play out in so many different theaters across our country right now. I mean, parents are being faced with decisions that are just heartbreaking and challenging all because of someone's either political beliefs or they just want to be on top. And it's just wrong. And I think we see it play out in corporations all day long. And if we want to retain our best talent, if we want our best talent to be attracted to come to our organization, They have to feel like they have a fair shot to be able to get there. And that means you as leaders are going to have to be courageous to change the status quo of what's there.
0: I, I, you know, I love everything that you say susan because um given the background and the years of experience um i think the other thing from an employee standpoint you know we talked about it last week was around this fear of of saying something and and having that courage i think as you as you build up that courage Um, Is understanding that audience and I have seen it time and time again in my former life in in the banking world where people would say something and there were repercussions right that could be demotion that could be loss of manager uh, management responsibilities that could be you're gone right because you went against the the, the fiefdom as I call them now, um, or someone very important that has a lot of influence. So I think knowing your audience and having that, what is, if there are repercussions, you know, how do you, um, how do you, um, you know, make sure you have a a backup plan. But I think to your point, and you and I are very similar on this principle, um, we deal so with so many companies across industries and, and what's been, I don't know, disheartening for me over the last several months is to to work with many of these corporate members of luminary and their women the majority of those women in the midst of their careers and the fact that they still feel like they're not able to speak up they don't feel the that they have the courage to raise their hand or discuss what's happening either to them or those on their team. And it's happening in these behind these closed doors one-on-one. And that really disheartens me because what then I think about overall is the culture of the company. Okay. And so if the culture of the company is not there for people to be able to share in, an, in, a, in a safe space, then for me, that begs the question, am I at the right company? And that's gonna require courage like you and I had to make right. decisions about our career path
1: yes and if you are leaders i mean as you are talking about this discussion uh it beckons this phrase that's being thrown around so much today called psychological safety
0: yes right
1: and i i saw um he's a very prominent uh business leader he's a professor posted something about psychological safety a couple months ago and i actually usually agree with him but this time he said psychological safety if you don't have it is because you haven't created the space for your leader to feel comfortable having conversations with you. And I literally, like, my head was like, I could feel the steam like blowing out of my right ear and then my left ear. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, at the end of the day, psychological safety is about leaders and the power that they have to create an environment where people feel comfortable bringing their whole self to the office and to the conversation. And by the way, that's why you hire these people. Like you want them to have a dissenting opinion. You want them to feel comfortable being themselves. But if they cannot feel comfortable with you as the leader, making sure that that is the case, then they will not engage that way. And so I think that, listen, if you're a leader and you want your teams to be courageous and you want them to step out there and to make these tough decisions that really are going to help the bottom line and help your business you've got to create that psychological safety space, psychological safety place for them. And so a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, Susan, that's great, but like, how do I do that? The first is, which we talk about all the time. You need to, you good? Oh, I'll keep talking. The first that we um, talk about all the time is around empathy. And next week we're gonna, or in our next session, we'll have a fantastic opportunity to talk about empathy more deeply. But being an empathetic leader means that you're actually paying attention, and you're listening. The second is modeling the behavior. So if you want people to you know, be courageous, then the best way for them to do that is to see you be courageous. And there's some very pivotal key times where you as a leader can be courageous. So let me just give you a couple of them. The first one is around talent management assessment. And the second one is around year in compensation. Now, why do I say that? Because these are the times where you're sitting around a room talking about the people in the organization and listening to what people are saying about these folks. And oftentimes I have seen leaders who have had people on their teams who have delivered unbelievable years. I mean, just brought it. And one person says something negative about this person. And then the whole room goes with that one little negative thought. And that person ends up getting screwed over for something that many times is not within their control. And second of all, they don't deserve. And so I've always pushed leaders to be courageous for their people in those rooms. Speak up for them. If you hear someone who says, you know, hey, listen, listen well, yeah, I think they're great, but like, well, let's explore what that but is. And let's make sure we talk about that relative to their overall performance and relative to their peers. Because you know, the person who's quiet, who's not making noise, who's doing exactly what you say, they're not the people who should be getting the best ratings. I'm sorry. They're just not, you know, that's, those are the people who are making you feel most comfortable. They're not the ones who are actually most times doing the best in terms of delivering the best outcomes for the business. And so um, you've got those those opportunities during talent assessment and during your year in ratings where you can stand up for your people and make sure that you're speaking for them. And then you let them know, you don't have to attribute the comments to a person in the room, but say, hey, listen, this is what was said about you during those conversations, but here's how I made sure that you were taken care of, or I stood up for you in that room. That is courage.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Those are two great examples of of where you can really not only change behavior around you, but change that culture that may or may not exist. And listen, culture doesn't change overnight. So if you're a relatively new leader in that organization, if you've moved up, if you've just joined that company, and you're experiencing that, I had this uh, a woman who's in uh, came went from very like big law to big finance law and she's like my head is spinning um the other thing that i would encourage as an example is outside of the two you just mentioned susan is really thinking about when you sit around um your management committee table and regardless of where you're at in the uh, on the corporate ladder if you're all the way at the top if you're a mid-level manager or if you're a new manager when you sit amongst your peers really bring issues, right? These are some of the issues that you could talk about outside of in those talent reviews. Okay, this happened in talent review. I want to bring this to the table in this conversation because us as leaders have to change this. I think the other thing is when you think about role modeling, once people start seeing someone speak up, they will then get the courage to speak up. It takes one person to do it. And then that role modeling and over and over. And we know this repetition, right, is important. So if you are in that room and you've not done that and you haven't had the courage, there's a first time for everything. And it is definitely scary um, as someone, uh, you know, in my earlier on in my career as a young woman sort of had to stand up. And it is very scary. And but it, it goes back to that principle and standing up for what's right. And I think we're seeing that to your very early point, Susan, around what's happening in the world and this invasion of Ukraine and leaders and and businessmen and, and, okay. and people with voices and platforms standing up and saying, no, we will not tolerate this. Think about that in as much smaller context as you are in that organization, both from a leader and manager, as well as an employee standpoint.
1: Yeah, and remember that, um if you if it's on your mind and you are thinking it, its odds are they're about half the other people in the room have the same challenge. I was I'm always reminded of like you know after you know town halls and speeches and you say okay well, does anybody have any questions and there's like silence. Everybody's like looking around and like mm, I don't really have anything. That one person raises their hand and like opens the floodgates for it. And again, that's the courageous um, opportunity to start speaking up. And speaking for yourself, I think it's also important um, for us to just talk about like if you're trying to get your moxie up and you're trying to like you know um, be courageous for something that you are observing that is not right in your organization. You know how do you do that? And one of the one of the things that I think you can do is circle up with your colleagues to see who else is feeling the same way. Yeah, and get your posse together and think about how do you leverage the tools. Around you that the company has provided for you, or that exist, in order to be able to make sure that you bring light to the situation. And so, um, I've seen this happen a few times, and you know, it usually revolves around that one leader that everybody knows knows is terrible.
0: <laughs> right? They <I> all <laughs> know. Gonna it's gonna be called terrible. a leader
1: <laughs> or oh, manager. I should say manager, right? <laughs> one manager that everybody knows is terrible and these people for whatever reason you can just never figure it out always seem to still be around and everybody's like I cannot believe that that person is still working here I can't believe that they're still you know managing people I can't believe whatever and and you know people keep cycling through because nobody's had the courage to actually like settle it down and there's this one instance where this was happening and it was brought to my attention this wasn't even somebody that was on my team it was actually a leader on a a manager on another team and um i just said well are you all going to speak up about it and they were like we're all afraid yeah will will you help us yes i will help you but this is what's going to need to happen so here are the channels that the company has available to us we have a, a tip line where you can actually like you know phone and a tip around what's work like actual facts of what's happening with this person. Um, You also have these skip level forums with the person's boss where you have the opportunity to share. And so what I need you all to do is to use those forums. And let's make sure that you are factual in what you are sharing, because it's really important when you're being courageous to try to minimize the emotion. I know that feels like counterintuitive because your natural tendency is to wanna like go off and scream and yell, but um, most people in business respond to calm and data and facts. And so like lay out the facts of the situation, lay out the actual behaviors that you have observed Keep a tally of those behaviors. How often has it happened? Under what circumstances are you seeing it happen? Is it happening to certain people? And use that documented evidence and information to have the conversation, to make the reports. This is what those folks did. And I took that information and went to that person's boss and to our HR leader and said, everybody's heard the rumors for years. Everybody knows this person is a problem. I get that they've worked at the company for 10 years plus, but there's no excuse for us to allow them to continue to have this culture of behavior for what's going on. And I realize that every time we promoted this person, we promoted them because they're smart, but we've rewarded them for really bad behavior and that has to stop. And so at first I got pushed back because the, head of our business unit felt like this. they were okay with people behaving badly as long as they produced. And, you know, of course me, I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Like, this is just not going to be okay with me. And so I even escalated above this person's head and said, listen, if this is the kind of culture that we are trying to drive, it A is counter to all of the stated values of this company. Like, you can't tell me that this person's behavior reflects these values that we're talking about. So you all look totally disingenuous by continuing to reinforce that. Second of all, let's talk about the top talent that we have lost as a result of the fact that this person cannot get themselves together. And we continue to coddle them and support them, despite the fact that they don't deserve it. Yeah. And after that, as well as the other pieces, they finally were like, okay, we got to get rid of this person. So they got rid of the person uh, and it was like, a, it was like, you know, I don't know if you've like, you guys have seen the whiz, but like in that time <laughs> where Evelyn like gets flushed down the toilet and like the brand new day happens and they all start peeling out and it's like, Oh, have you seen a brand new day? That's how the organizational culture rose after that, that situation. And so I just would, you know, reiterate, there's so many examples of courage and- around us. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no, so many. And I think um, even if you don't feel like you're in a, posi- a leadership position, you're not a manager, you don't feel like you can influence or ha- are in a position of power, even at the employee level, as a colleague, you do have a position of power. I'll share one more quick story before um, we wrap up. And when I was early on, Susan, in my banking days, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. Um, my manager at the time loved to tout the team that I was on. We were all very, you know, had master's degrees. I did not have an MBA. I had a master's of international relations from Georgetown. And every time we would go in a room, he would tell everyone how proud he was of this team because they all had MBAs, but would call me out and say, well, except for Kate. And over time, that badgering became an issue for me. I felt very, very deflated. I also just felt belittled. Long story short, I was ready to leave. And a colleague on my team, a peer of mine, came to my house and he said, I know you want to leave. We're not going to let you. We are going to talk to this manager about that. Please don't leave. Here are some of the ways. And he came from a military background. Um, Kate, here are some of the ways that I think you can... Um, stand up for yourself. One, call him out in a positive way when he does that. Um, make him recognize his behavior. Da, 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 da. long story short, which by the way, was really important, I didn't leave. I stayed, but in my as I moved to my next job, because that was the catalyst. I knew that I love the organization, but this was not the manager for me. I needed to move. I sat down with him and gave him my feedback. Now, he, Could have accepted it or not, I don't know. But what I really loved was the courage of that colleague, my peer, talking to me about it, saying "I the team recognizes this behavior and now let's do something about it. In particular, let's reinforce how you address it. So just because you're not a manager or leader yet, you are a leader when you behave like that. You become a role model when you behave like that. So courage is so important in all workplaces, small, medium and large. And so we really need to lead with courage. We need to react with courage um, and we need to create change with courage.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't have said it better and I think that's a perfect place for us to shut this down for the day. Thank you so much for joining us on Navigating the Work Compass where we talk about issues of the day uh, and hopefully give you all some tips that you can use as you navigate your own work compass. We are looking forward to seeing you at our next session. So tune in. We also, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So please share that with your friends. We'd love to get your feedback and hear what's on your mind and take good care of yourself. I uh, shared a a post on LinkedIn this week that literally talked about um, only being able to control what you can do and managing the way you react to everything else it's going to be what it's going to be. But remember, you've done hard things before and you'll be able to do them again, but take good care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. So we'll see you soon.
0: Here, here, Susan. Talk soon. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in.